Blog Talk Radio. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, two out-of-the-broom-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC radio network. During each episode, Elvira and Deb will help you create rituals cast spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Deb, take it away. Okay, we are back. And yes. of information and energy and stuff so just getting things started um my you know how my week went was or how it's been since we had our show it's been busy um i've done a lot of things with clients and family and even found some personal time i have my mission of putting a bunch of flags up around a very large uh porch that i have a very um it's very long it goes almost around three quarters of the house and i've been putting oh. flags up and some of them are state flags representing where i've been like for instance i was born in california well, i was born in new york i lived in california i'm now living in arkansas you know and then mystical ones where i have oh. phoenixes and then um of course the heritage so i have scotland and i have sicily and you know some you know, I have my pirate flag, which um, kind of occasionally sends people in a little spin, but they like <laughs> it here. So that's been my uh, my experience for this last week. How has it been with you, Deb? That, that sounds really neat. I like um, just the different flags that you're putting up, have, having different meanings to you. Um, mm-hmm. My week has gone by really fast. Been making lots of candles, um, candles and oils um, mm-hmm. that I sell at the local shop, Altered State of Mind. And my dining room table looks like an assembly line. <laughs> um, I cleanse, <laughs> I cleanse all of them, get them all labeled up, and then you know dress them with herbs and oils and powders, and then finish them off with prayers or incantations or chants. And, um, yeah, um, I, on a lot of the candles I have, um, I put, like, um, different seals, you know, mm-hmm. or, or runes or other magical sigils. Um, right. But, yeah, so that's, you know, I'm in the middle of my assembly line right now. And um, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of candle requests lately for people um, or loved ones who are having problems with anxiety or depression. So I didn't have one before, but I uh, created a St. Dimsna candle. And oh, yeah. So that'll, 
be yeah, this will be my first time um making one for her and she's up the patron saint of um mental illness, especially those mm-hmm. that have depression, anxiety or O C D and she's also the patron saint of runaways, um, survivors of sexual assault and incest. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she's um got a, quite a story behind her. And I'm surprised that I've never made one for her before. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And doing lots of readings. Um, seems like people are going through changes, um, yeah. having hard times with finances or finding work, and um, also doing a little reconciliation work lately, which can be, you know, kind of challenging sometimes because it's like a journey almost. Um, yeah. So I'm doing a couple of honey jar spells and a recent pro bono case um, through air. And also my, my grandson, my 16-year-old grandson, who hangs out from time to time, um, usually a couple times a week, he's in a walking cast. So I was um, <laughs> helping him out a little bit, did some Reiki on his ankle. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah well. that's kind of how my week's gone. <laughs> Well, it definitely looks like, you know, from what you're saying, from what I've seen, um, I know as we discussed a little bit before, you know, our show started, Venus went retrograde. And, I, you know, I know that that is mm-hmm. love and everything like that, but it's also, you know, a certain amount of creativity and fluidity in a, in a mm-hmm. positive way. And if you get something going retrograde, it does tend to pull things backwards. So um, right. you know, even even if it's not as we always love to say, Mercury retrograde, you know. Right, but, right. Um, it is, and I know there are other planets that are retrograde too and, and working on that energy. So I can see from your what you're telling me and, and what I've experienced that there is a lot of tension and energy that is pulling people yeah. from a forward movement to a more, I don't want to say backward, but more um, uh, reversed way of, of feeling and dealing with things. Like I haven't been, you know, like I'm not going forward, I'm going backward because things are falling apart, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, Venus is... Um having to do, of course, with matters of love and mm-hmm. sensuality and um, things of that nature. And so I think that that can kind of, you know, make things a little more difficult and doing things to maybe um, temper that can be real helpful. Right. right. Well, <laughs> and obviously what we're talking about today and you know we were I was looking at it and I I love giving kudos you did a beautiful job with you know uh, an explanation of you know the fact that we have all around us you know in the world is alive and with spirit and that we're looking at spirit oh, yeah. allies and spirit helpers and magical helpers and um, that's our subject today so we've got a lot <laughs> of different categories and i'm hoping we can hit a lot of them if not all of them and the first one you know is going to be i kind of take that one as as my lead for the moment but um (laughs) 
it'll be real interesting because, you know, archangels and angels are what I'm, you know, what I said I would talk about for the beginning. And, you know, the fact that I am more pagan and I'm having this connection with angels and archangels, I find it kind of interesting because that's not where my, you know, quote, background, unquote, is. But it was, I did actually do um, a workshop for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival back when it was on premises with, um, at Lucky Mojo. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because I did archangels and angels. And so it was kind of uh, very fascinating that I sort of became more intrigued with it. And obviously, you know, we can talk a little bit like say, well, where did the word archangel come from? Well, it's Greek, archi, and that means first or chief, and angelos is basically winged messenger. And what you have here is basically it is pure, they're of pure light and force and energy and basically are considered spirits before the throne of the divine, of the divine. Mm -hmm. And they act as Mm -hmm. a prism to reflect the brilliance of that deity and as agents who execute the creative will, and that's in capital letters. And, of course, there's a lot of things there's, you know, that tell you about the the archangel. What they have is, you know, their stones, their their plants, their animals, um, and that's, you know, something that, in the book, um, The Red Folder, uh, there is a page along with, you know, what I have written, but there's a page of that. And, you know, angels themselves, it's funny because I'm going to say a little note here. The name that they're, they're basically called Malachi, and interesting enough is there's a um, Newfoundland TV show that is, it was on for several seasons, and, of course, funded by Canada's um, art people, the, the things that they get. And it's called the Republic of Doyle. And the father <laughs> was Malachi Doyle. And he's, you know, they came from Ireland. And so there's this whole thing. And when I was reading this, I was going, wow, because of the fact that what his character is like. But basically, these are, they, they function, the angels function in the, the created world, the physical world, whereas, of course, archangels are higher up. They're, they're octaves up above, but we can still call on them. And we, if we need to, we do need to call them. They won't just step in, whereas angels tend to have a little mm-hmm. bit more connection with the human um, being. And so they will um, go ahead and come in and their guardians and counselors and guides and interpreters and comforters and, you know, even matchmakers within the, the uh, physical realm. And they are the connection between humankind and the divine. So they will bring, you know, they'll carry messages. They'll be more, they're more involved with us as, you know, individual entities. So quite frankly, um, I, I understand why people talk a lot about angels and archangels are considered above, but yet we can and I feel it's appropriate for us to connect with them, but we must talk with them. We must ask for their, for their assistance as opposed to having an angel just say, well, looks like this person needs <laughs> to have some help, and they kind of buzz in and help us. So, right. you know, and I know that we have um, – 
the a lot of the angels they they will have name the archangels have names with E L at the end of it. And that is the name and I say a lot because there are a few that don't. Um and that means of God. Yeah, it's A E L is of God. So of the divine, the divinity the highest cosmic energies. And the only two that I know of right now is Metatron and Sandalphon. And Metatron, you know, deals with the upper sephira, the highest level, the non-physical. He works mm-hmm. with geomet- you know, geometrics and, and, you know, creating. And Sandalphon mm-hmm. is actually the physical world, and he, he walks the physical world. Um, and uh, is... Yeah, wasn't he the prophet Elijah? Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, he is considered, he is the co-brother. So he is kind of like, you have Metatron and Sandalphon. And they're, they're basically the above and below, but they're brothers. So, you know, they kind of work with everything. Um, and it's interesting because I, you know, I have worked a lot with Zadkiel. I've worked a lot with um, Michael, Archangel Michael, and some of the others. Some of them I'm, you know, I don't get as... Uh, connected with when I'm dealing with people, but I, you know, I feel with, strangely with the name that begins with E-L, I never really thought about it until I started getting into spirituality <laughs> that I have. <laughs> right? You know, I know I was thinking about that with your name, <laughs> Elvira. Yes, and I thought Elvira, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, I guess I need to kind of take a little bit of a stance here, but I think I need to turn it over to you because you're going to go to the next step, which I believe is the saints. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I like how you started out with just, you know, um, that spirit is all around us and Mm -hmm. some of those spirits have eyes that we can envision looking into and some of them don't. Uh, But Mm -hmm. The saints, those are, you know, one of the ones that have eyes that you can um, kind of gaze into. And mm-hmm. most of them are uh, very approachable and um, easy to work with. Um, mm-hmm. Whether they're folk saints or canonized saints, official or unofficial, um, mm-hmm. I think it's because they are, you know, after all, human, their own life journey. And so they'll usually be very approachable. Um, and mm-hmm. just like to be synced, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I love working um, with a few saints, and um, the ones that I probably work with the most is um, St. Christopher and St. Anthony. Mm-hmm. And um, they're both very, you know, very benevolent, very generous spirits, and I have an altar dedicated to, to those two particular saints and um with the intention that they aid anybody who is frightened or lost. And also I have a special place on the altar that's dedicated to missing persons. And so I'll always set like a small candle free of charge for anybody in need, for any missing person or missing pet uh, upon request. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of starting out with St. Christopher here. Um, anyone who knows St. Christopher has probably heard the story and seen the imagery associated with him carrying the Christ child across a wild river. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, how does he feature into paganism? (laughs) Uh, A lot of people associate this, um, this imaging 
uh, with symbolizing like the Christ consciousness or uh, like an illumination of the higher self. And some people see him as a powerful spirit or guardian who will carry you over rough waters. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at some of the lore about him, some say that he was a giant who was like seven and a half feet tall. Others have suspected him of being a Nephilim. Um, mm-hmm. Older images depict him with a dog's head. And uh, there's a lot of ancient cultures um, that have had stories of dog-headed men, depending on the cultural context. Um, they may have been deities, monsters, cannibals, warriors, or even werewolves. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But what I found is um, what I really like about St. Christopher is that he's got something that I really sense. This is going to sound weird, <laughs> but is he has big shoulders. and he can help carry you through perilous or fearful times. And um, so anytime you need to, you know, um, call for extra courage and safety, um, he'll, he'll be there just by calling him. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so he's like the patron saint of travelers. Um, mm-hmm. And that also includes people who do astral travel or shamanic journeying. Um, mm-hmm. He also watches over soldiers and those who are in hazardous occupations. And mm-hmm. so t- for me to work with St. Christopher, I'll call upon him um, anytime I'm in a hazardous situation. And so mm-hmm. this is usually on the road when people are driving crazy or the weather conditions have made driving hazardous. And what right. I'll do is I'll see myself, you know, I'll just kind of envision myself and the cars of all the people around me surrounded in white light of protection. And I'll ask St. Christopher to use his big shoulders (laughs) to carry me and everyone around me through the storm or past the danger. Um, And then I have a chant. I have a chant for both St. Anthony. And the one I always say for St. Christopher is, St. Christopher, St. Christopher, please come around. Help to deliver me safe and sound. And so what I'll do is I'll usually light like a... Uh, a blue or a white candle um, to St. Christopher to say thank you. Uh, And because I call on him so frequently, I kind of do that routinely. Um, So with um, St. Anthony, um, this is the St. Anthony of Padua. Um, He's a very gentle saint, and he can be called upon to aid you in finding anything that's lost. So that can, um, of course, be lost people and lost pets, you know, also Mm -hmm. lost souls, lost items, lost sleep. (laughs) Some people say lost health and lost memories. Mm -hmm. But basically, he's the patron saint of the poor, the oppressed, and the underdog. And so that's why Mm -hmm. I really like him a lot. Um, And the way I work with St. Anthony is I'll usually, you know, be in front of his image. Like you can use a picture or a statue and um, I'll get like a, um, a pendulum and a map. Um, and I'll have a candle, like a brown candle and some incense. I, li- I like to use sandalwood. But anyway, I'll dress the brown candle with all saints oil or maybe just a little bit of some good quality olive oil. Um, and I'll light the candle in front of this image. And then I'll, I'll chant, I'll say the chant, which most a lot of people know that St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come around. Someone is lost and cannot be found, or something is lost and cannot be found. And so 
I'll do that the first time to call them and let them know I'm there. Sometimes I'll knock on the altar while I say it, and then I'll light the incense and fumigate the pendulum and the mat and the smoke. And if it's um, if it's something that's like an item that's lost, I might just draw a picture of the house um, or mm-hmm. a picture of the room, you know, just mm-hmm. a real bare bones one, and then I'll set that down and spread it out. And um, I'll use the pendulum over the map to locate the general vicinity of the mm-hmm. of what is missing. And then while I'm doing this, I'll usually continue to chant um, the same chant that I started before while I'm doing it. And sometimes um, I might, you know, have to go through a series of kind of like yes, no um, questions to clarify the information that's coming through. And sometimes if it's like a real detailed thing, I might take notes as I go along. But right. I I found that he really does come through quite often. And um, afterwards, I'll always say thank you and set some flowers next to his image. Um, also, what I found is that um, St. Anthony really likes it kind of when you pay things forward. Like, so if you... Um, are able to make like a little donation, um, a little bit of money or a little bit of time to the hungry or the needy, that really goes like a long way. And so that um, that's just um, the way that I like to work with him. And he's, he's pretty consistent. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Then there's, well, um, of course, St. Dimsna. But, you know, recently I'll just um, – her in real quick before uh, we take a break, but a yeah. saint that I only recently started working with that I didn't know about before, so I think she might be kind of interesting. I'll just say a couple things about her, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's Saint Dwynwen, um, or some people just call her Saint Dwyn. And she's a Welsh patron saint for lovers. And her story is that she was a 5th century princess in Wales who fell deeply in love. And then a serious rift formed between the two lovers, which caused a break in their relationship. And she became so sad that her cries were heard by an angel who offered her a potion to relieve her broken heart. So she Mm -hmm. drank the potion, but to her horror, (laughs) um, her beloved head turned to stone. So this caused even more grief and sadness, and they say that she cried a river of tears. The angel became very distressed by this, and in consolation offered her three wishes. And the wishes were, one, that her true love be returned to his former flesh and blood state. The second one is that all true lovers who invoke her name would have their heart's desire be fulfilled or have their broken hearts healed. And third was that she would be forever spared the pangs of love. So, um, so I thought her story was really, really interesting. And I've only used her um, or collaborated with her a couple of times. Um, and I've gotten, like, fairly good results. Um, so I would usually, with her, the way I would work with her is do, like, a, a novena. So that's, like, a nine-day thing and so I'd like you know uh, light a candle the way that I like to do it is and plus it saves on 
using up a bunch of candles is that I would use like a red or a pink candle and um, every day I would burn it for nine minutes times nine days. And then on um, the last day I'd let it burn the rest of the way down. And, um, and then, you know, um, I would take the remnants from the spell and either make maybe a little charm bag with it, a little mojo bag, or else take them to a crossroad. And um, if it's to draw love back, you know, toss them to the east. Or if it's um, mm-hmm. to send away any, you know, um, obstacles, the west. And so I thought she was, I thought she was real interesting. I, I didn't know about St. Dwin. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought well. I'd share her a little bit there. <laughs> That would be great. It's interesting you were saying that and talking about saints and, you know, having lived a mortal life and, and you know, done these these things for, you know, the individual people, our people. Um, and I'm going to throw in right now really quick because we're going to be taking a break very shortly that mm-hmm. ascended masters would fall in as the next step actually up because they become enlightened beings who been in past incarnations where they were ordinary humans but they've undergone a series of spiritual transformations called initiations and have evolved beyond reincarnation but we can still call on them and we know them as Jesus and Buddha and Confucius and you know some others that of course you know we don't necessarily those of us like Maitreya and Kuan Yin of course and then Mother Mary and so there are that's the next level above what you're talking about saints. And I was sitting here going, Oh, and even though we don't have a lot of time, I can throw that in because you've got the level of saints. And then you have this other level of what they've called the ascended masters who moved beyond by coming through several times in uh, a way to be able to stay from the higher planes and help people in the physical world, but not in the same way that saints do. So I thought I'd throw that oh, in I, as a, a right. Demo. Oh, I think that's real yeah. fascinating. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to add, I, I thought that what you were taught saying about angels was very, very fascinating. I, one of my favorite authors is Josephine McCarthy and she's a occultist mm-hmm. that lives in the UK. And she mm-hmm. really talks a lot about, um, connecting with the Sandalphon um, and how mm-hmm. it's so I started doing that and that's like one of my favorite angelic beings to connect with um, because yeah. Sandalphon used to be human and so yeah. you can actually connect with that one without it um, harming you or you know the energy of it is can be so great um, mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. you can actually engage with that one a little more, I think, which is pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, and I think that we're getting very close to our time. I'm checking our, we have one minute. Oh, so we basically oh, have top. less than a minute, huh? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to kind of. are we good or what? Go we're on top of it. And we are good. <laughs> we are on top of this. So we are going to break for our commercial and come right back with some more exciting allies that we can work with and let us go. Yeah.
You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned, as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in syndication, Tuesdays, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay in syndication Thursdays. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. It's your turn for plants, okay. darling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have, you know, like you were saying earlier, it would be any one of these um, entities that we're covering um, could be like a whole show in itself. And mm-hmm. I've got so much information, so I'm going to try to be good and not go too crazy with it because I get excited about it and um, what um, where I got my information um, is from experiences but then I want to just say a couple of good books is Hoodoo, Herb and Root Magic by Cat Ironwood and also I'm putting in a little plug for my own here um, I have a lot of information in Witch's Brew a compendium compendium of magic ritual spells and incantations that i wrote with my sister sharon blandino um so what i'm going to focus on is um talking about roots um trees herbs plants um they all contain their own essence and their own soul and i know like i was saying before that working with spiritual allies lots of times seems more apparent when we're looking into the eyes of an entity in the spirit world. Um, mm-hmm. But we can also make a connection to, to the spirits which inhabit all aspects of the earth, such as plants, trees, flowers, seeds. You know, they, are all, they all contain a spirit or an essence that we can you know, connect with and make allies out of um, so the first one, I'm going to talk about a couple of different trees. Um, I'm very much a forest person. I routinely, there's a, a lot of forest in northern Wisconsin, and I am routinely running up there and hiking around in the forest and communing with the trees. And so one of, the, one of my favorites is um, 
the aspen tree. It's also known as the quaking aspen or uh, poplar. Um, and interesting, if you're into runes, it's also the 19th letter of the Ogham runes. Um, in Celtic myth, um, the aspen is associated with the dead and with communication with the dead. And also with communication with the higher realms of the fate. And so the neat thing about this tree and why it's called quaking aspen is the leaves of this tree make a uniquely beautiful uh, fluttering sound when the uh, wind goes through. And that's said to open up a portal which can aid in communication between the realm of the living and the dead. Um, this tree of whispers also has the power to communicate across the veil and it's also used to connect with the elements or the elementals of air. Um, their um, leaves have been found in ancient burial grounds, and they were placed there to aid the dead on their path to rebirth. Um, in Greek mythology, these leaves were also worn by heroes venturing into the underworld and are thought to aid those who go on spirit journeys or um, those who go to explore the inner realms. So the quivering leaves are used by the wind to help us speak with our ancestors. And additionally, anyone who is looking for inspiration for creativity, artists or poets can meditate on the sound and the movement of the air um, to receive inspiration in their work. Um, I know in ancient Scotland, the aspen were known as the fairy tree and they had taboos against cutting it down. Um, kind of similar to the rowan tree. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So another one which um, is a personal favorite is the black, and it's also known as slow. Blackthorns are small deciduous trees that have long been associated with witches. And in the UK, they can be found in most hedgerows. Although the, fruit, the fruits of the tree have been used to make slow gin, um, eating the berries not, is not recommended because they're really bitter. But the wood from the blackthorn is often used to make walking sticks. And in Ireland, that's called a shillelagh. Um, according to uh, some sources in ancient times, the flowering blackthorn was associating with, with the celebration of Imbolc. And blackthorn is associated with deities, um, the Irish Morrigan, Begda, and the Scottish, um, I never say her name right, Kaliich. Um, so a really neat way to use um, the blackthorn is to carve sigils and runes of protection into the side of a blackthorn branch and then keep it above the doorway to protect the home. Um, you can use uh, um, blackthorn for spells of binding and protection. Um, then another tree is um, the linden, and it's also known um, as the American basswood. It's, um, that's a very magical tree, and there's almost like too much history, so I'm going to try to just go lightly over the information I know about the linden. Mm -hmm. um, I know in Slavic folklore, it's referred to as the holy lime, although it's not a lime tree. Um, and in Baltic mythology, the linden tree is sacred to the Lamia, 
which is a Baltic goddess of fate and luck. And the street is the patron of pregnant women. So um, the goddess um, connected with her is the one that also influences childbirth, marriage, and death. And she is one of the trinity of fate deities, along with her two sisters, Carta and Dekla. So um, many believe that the linden tree was like a sentient being, which I believe that all, you know, all nature is sentient. <laughs> um, right. With a soul that can be communicated with and appealed to directly. And so the linden tree is very much like a multi-purpose tree, and it's sacred to many, like, deities. Um, Mm-hmm. I know in um, some of the deities are Odin, Freya, Ostara, and Venus. Um, and it's thought that this tree um, bridges between the earth and the heavens. And so it's it's a pretty neat, neat tree. It has a lot of, lot of folklore, a lot of power um, behind mm-hmm. it. And so this is another one where, you know, if there's a linden tree growing in front of your house, it wards off all evil, evil and negativity. Um, but if you don't have a tree growing in front of your house, a simple alternative is just to hang a branch of the linden above your door. Um, yeah. And another one is uh, the rowan tree. Um, and the rowan tree is very protective. Um, it's sacred to uh, Thor and Sif, the Norse deities. Um, and it's believed to also serve as a portal between worlds and marks the threshold between this, this world and the other, other realms that are surrounding it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Rowan's also used for, um, it's used for, um, journeying um, to the inner realms, increasing psychic perceptions, and spiritual protection. Um, And then to work with um, the rowan, I would um, blend the wood leaves or the dried berries from it with psychic power incense, or you can burn it alone to enhance psychic discernment. And also, it's a really good one to burn when you're trying to facilitate soul journeys. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Nice. That's my spiel on trees. I don't know if I have any. <laughs> if I have a couple more minutes, a couple, or if I should be turning things to... over to you, I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I know you will, but then that's that's part of our joy of being able to hang out <laughs> each with each other is we just keep babbling along, and out of that comes wonderful information. <laughs> <laughs> So, but um, we do have a time schedule. So I think at this point, I'm going to, I think we'll go ahead and and shift over to the stones. And then I'm going to turn it over back to you for, you know, an enticing time with the elemental. Yeah, there is so many awesome allies. I know. It's like we kept going and going. It's like the rabbit hole. It was like, oh, my God, and this and this. So, you know, trying to rein each of us in, it's been hard. It's been hard. But um, it's it's interesting because stones and crystals have been my passion. I mean, as a kid, I would just Mm -hmm. walk along and, I mean, stones, I'd pick up rocks. 
and of course my parents would say, well, you know, that we'd always want to go, can you hold them? And they were like, you have to hold them. If you're going to, if you want them, you carry them. So of course that always made for having to, you know, pick what ones we really wanted to take with us. And as I grew and began to see what, you know, stone stones, like, you know, you know the, the ones that we talk about all the time, not necessarily the precious ones like rubies and diamonds, but ones that are precious in their own way. Mm. And um, the rose quartz, quartz is a big is a big category, and then they have different types of quartz, and one of them being rose quartz, which has been you know obviously very well um, documented on, and it's you know one of those things that people you know immediately go to. I know you know because it's the fourth chakra, <laughs> it's the, the heart, and of course, what does that represent? Is love. And, you know, the spiritual as well as the physical love, because the one thing at Jones is that they are basically nurturing, non-judgmental, compassionate, you know, companions and allies. Um, they, they, they vibrate. They vibrate with you. So, you know, this is something that if you're looking for self-love, holding it. Um, you know, you can bless it with, you know, air, fire, water, and earth, and obviously, you know, sanctify it in that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just want to go right on to your heart, right there at your heart, and you can either carry it in a little bag inside of, you know, and wear it in for women, wear it in their bra, um, or you get a, a piece of jewelry that is a rose mm-hmm. quartz, something simple. And it's it's about working with it. It's listening to it. So spending quiet time, sometimes even doing it out in, in nature. Um, if you know, it's not like humid, like here, I don't go out in nature as often as I used to in California during, the, especially during the summer. Um, but that's you know one of the things. Go ahead, darling. You wanted to say something. Oh, sorry. No, I just had a thought. I was um, with this Venus retrograde. Would it would you recommend carrying a certain stone or um, you know, it's or wearing a certain quartz, piece of jewelry? Yes. It, it's kind of like the one, honestly, and I was getting to that one, which is selenite. Uh-huh. I love selenite. Selenite oh. is basically, it's a sixth, seventh chakra. So, of course, it's the third eye and the crown. And it's for healing and it's, you know, for balancing your mind, body, and spirit. And that's the one I would say. The rose quartz is heart, and yes, it's Venus, and you can do that. But if you found something that, and again, I don't know, you know, pieces of jewelry come selenite and rose quartz, but you might be able to have a piece of small selenite that you carry because it's a self-cleaning stone, so you really don't have to spend time ah. going in and cleansing it and everything. So it's kind of, you know, there's several stones out there that are like that energetically. But the rose quartz, you would have to because it's, it does get kind of congested with, you know, stuff. So if you kept the selenite with it, it would clean out that energy. So that would be something I would definitely oh. do at this time for a mercury retrograde for that purpose. So, um you know, in terms of that kind of energy. Um, another mm-hmm. stone that is really good is um, citrine. Again, another self-cleansing stone. And, of course, citrine is for the solar plexus, so it's power. So if you're ah. feeling disempowered, I tend to like to do things in trinities and threes. I guess 
that's something to do with whatever out there. But, you know, if I were doing anything, I would, you know, get um, a citrine, a selenite, and a rose quartz and work with it in that way for this time frame. So, but it's getting personal. So it's carrying it. It's having it near you. It's having it, you know, sometimes under your pillow or, you know, if you get a bigger piece, having it sit next to you at work or, you know, meaning if you work at home. But um, that kind of a thing really helps you get a personal relationship with them. And since we're getting on time, and I, again, like you, I could babble on about all these (laughs) wonderful things. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you and, you know, you can decide because, as I said, we have a plethora of allies that we can talk about. <laughs> you decide where you want to go with Absolutely. the next five minutes of our time. Okay. Right. Well, um, yeah, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about elementals. Um, so just to define them, um, these are the energetic archetypes of earth, air, fire, and water. And um, they're the personification of the four powerful aspects of the universe and are often perceived as sentient beings. And so the four are the beings of earth are gnomes. The beings of air are sylphs. The beings of water are undines. And the beings of fire are salamanders or some believe the jinn. Um, so I, I kind of see people um, lump the elementals together with the elements. And mm-hmm. um, a good way to think of elements are like they're the building blocks of the house, of that specific mm-hmm. element. And then the elementals are the creatures or the entities who build the house and also live inside of it. And so both the elements and the elementals are, are vital when performing ritual and casting spells. Mm-hmm. And um, they are, of course, their basic component, component of ritual in most witchcraft traditions. Um, and they're usually invited to guard and oversee the uh, ritual circle. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just like any time you scry into a bowl of water, um, or a crystal, or light a candle, or burn incense, you're partnering up with an element. And if you can see or sense um, the elemental by treating each element as the entity or being who manifests within that house, um, you'll elevate the strength and power of that collaboration. And some people are very visual. Um, like how often, like when I burn incense um be able to see like in the rising smoke and swirls um like little faces will sometimes appear um and those are um the selves um i believe that they elementals work very well in partnership with us when they are invited and respected and collaborated with rather than commanded that usually doesn't go well (laughs) Um, yeah. The elementals are made of raw power, and they they do have egos. And so, I would always be respectful. Um, these entities can manifest in extreme um, extreme ways if they're not treated pop, uh, properly. And um, 
So and that, that's often seen in nature when the land and water are altered or destroyed by human interference. Um, right. Right. And in a yeah, in a case like that, you won't really be able to bargain with such a spirit <laughs> of the, you know the elemental or the genius uh, loci. Um, mm-hmm. And y'all have to make amends, and so that's usually done by either planting trees or cleaning the environment or you know restoring what was lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, we can connect with the elementals through um, meditation. And, you know, if you're very visual, you might be able to see them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would, you know, you could scry into a fire to connect with the fire elements, water for the water elements, and then smoke from burning incense for air. And I like to use um, a crystal for the earth element. Um so one way that I thought was really kind of neat that I heard somebody talking about is to work with air elements, um, which are also associated with weather magic, but that would take much more time and space to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But they're associated with thought and communication. And um, so you might ask for help, like from the air element by um for like if you're seeking clarity or taking a test or any kind of communication and so what i heard was that a friend of mine cast a circle and using a bottle of kids bubbles um they blew a bubble towards the Mm -hmm. east and each time they blew a bubble they focused their intention to fill the bubble as they blew it and released it towards the east releasing it to the south and the element of air. <laughs> and uh-huh, uh-huh. they said that that really, really worked, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, that's kind of a cool alternative to using incense. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. focusing, focusing on sending it, you know, sending that intention or those thoughts to the silks mm-hmm. and the elements of air. Um, <laughs> um, that's cool. But it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, my granddaughter yeah. loves to blow bubbles. I mean, that's a big <laughs> thing, you know. And it doesn't matter the mm-hmm. age. She's at eight now, and she still loves blowing the bubbles. So, yeah, Aww. that's kind of a trick. Shoot, I, I, still, I still love blowing the bubbles, too. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes, definitely. And it's it's interesting because I noticed when I was doing my own research, just so I knew what was going to be out there um you know the great interest the revival interest in gnomes like you know the garden gnomes Mm. and and people Mm. are going in just like gnomes everywhere it's (laughs) it's interesting about that and not it's i understand it's more cutesy but i also think that Mm -hmm. it's desire to connect with the earth with mother with the earth base rather than you know just um an arbitrary well we live on it, we build a house, we do this or we do that. It's kind of a trip how the subconscious of humanity is circling around some of this magic, even if it's done in a lighthearted way kind of a thing. But as you have said, they are raw elements. So it's, they, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that they're cutesy isn't like, you know, when you're talking about the trolls and, you know, the, the, the different TV movies and the series that they put out as for kids. Yes, but 
there is this other side that is a distinct power base that you need to respect. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah because yeah. that um, they're very, I mean, they're ancient to me. Of course they are. <laughs> if, if you start, you know, messing with um, the balance of things, it, it does not go over very well. Um, Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we have one last area that I want to kind of quickly touch bases is the animal allies. And I know, you know, we've I've done show guest show speak um, on Lucky Mojo Radio Root Work Hour and, you know, all of that. And so there's a lot of that out there. But uh, one of the things that I thought of as a touch-in is the fact that, you know, we call them our familiars, especially witches, um, you know, like the cat and, and the dog mm-hmm. and whatever. And they are embodied to deal, you know, to help us physically, but they are also spirit allies on the non-physical. And I know that when we've lost animals to, you know, their time or an illness, that they go to the other side and that's when you can connect with them as a spirit mm. ally. It doesn't have to always be the wolf or the you know, the hawk or whatever. I understand those do come to us, Mm -hmm. but it is also very important to realize that this other connection with our our animals that we have in our physical lives are, you know, both, you know, a familiar, uh, our own physical companion, and so, but also a spirit ally. And I, you know, absolutely, can't get but that really yeah, gets me yeah. at the heartstrings there because that I do have a a beloved dog who passed like in 2014 and she yeah when I'm um, looking you know for a little extra guidance or which way to go or whatever lots of times I'll mm-hmm. connect with her and mm-hmm. it, it becomes very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. love tra- does transcend. <laughs> certainly does. It certainly does, and we do need to realize that there. I mean, and I know you mentioned the I, quickly the idea of finding bones in nature and working with yes, the animals yes. of that. You want to mention just a few minutes of it because we're still we still have a couple sure of minutes. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I am always finding bones in in the forest, um, and they can be used um, for spirit communication. Um, the especially a lot of the ones that I run into is um, deers, and deers are favored by many because they're believed to easily cross between the realms. Um, mm-hmm. And you can take like a if you find a deer skull, you can create kind of like an what they call like an auricular head. And mm-hmm. add some botanicals in there like Althea, um, mugwort, calendula, and wormwood, you know, wormwood. And those plant allies will work together with the, the skull. And um, you, can, you can use that for divination practices, much like, um, right. like you use crystal balls. Um, right. And it's, it's interesting because when you, um, if you let your, yourself get into that meditative state of divination and let your eyes go off soft, you know, lots of times you can see like in the little um, striations and stuff in the bones, you can actually get read messages from there. 
um, and then some, um, I know some people might call the spirit of the animal into the hat um, to aid yeah. uh, spirit-animal communication um, or, you know, other just general divination or other forms of spell work. Um, some people well, use it for um, shape-shifting type ventures. <laughs> right, so. and shamanic work can be also utilized through that means as well. Now, I know we've got mm-hmm. our time is being um, <laughs> monitored, shall we say, and I know that next week we are going to do a show on what Lamas, Lugnasa is more the Celtic, um, which is basically first harvest. So it's considered when you, you know, harvest things, you have the final harvest and you have the first harvest. And, of course, the fall equinox is the final harvest. Um, So I would look at the fact that we're actually going to talk about the uh, roots of this uh, Sabbath and um, what you can do for a um, ceremony and work on that. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Um, At this point, I think I'm getting the... High five. I will say, I will let you say goodbye <laughs> at the very end. I am going to sign off right now. Everyone have a wonderful time, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Goodbye, yep. everybody. Which on, which well, and which wisely. <laughs> I love that. Blessed be. <laughs> Blessed be. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio broadcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and is available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com. That's witchpriestesscauldron.com. Until next time, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.